Well, hello and welcome back to Elevate Ordinary. I'm your host, John Mark Grodi. And I'm Teresa Grodi. And we're back with another extraordinary conversation about the ordinary pursuit of truth, goodness, and beauty in marriage and family life. All those little ways, those little places God's given us uh, things to do in our lives, how we can how we can see them better, see them in light of eternity, see the, the temporal things in light of eternity. That'll be a good conversation today. We're talking about pendulums today. Pendulums don't swing like a pendulum. And Teresa, you're the one who brought up this topic a while, but you've talked about it a lot the last few months, but I'll try to characterize it and then you can correct it if, if, if you'd like. But we're talking about being the kind of person that doesn't swing back and forth yeah. Uh, according to the whims and the fads of society, uh, whether those are the, the those in external society, whether those are the whims and fads and passions and and excitement in the church, you know how how do we become people who are stable? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we recognize in ourselves, we recognize in the church, in society as a whole, that we're people who just tend to be swinging back and forth, uh, who get caught up on each new fan or or fan or bandwagon that happens to come through. Uh, and oftentimes we think we're doing good things. You know, we're, we think that we're doing good. We're concerned about important things. But we all recognize that we tend to be people who are yanked about by our emotions and our passions. And so we're going to just talk about that as kind of a, a lens to look through today. How do we, what is that problem? Where does it come from? And how do we become kind of mature, stable people? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So <laughs> if uh, if you're joining us and you haven't seen our top one Ranked episode, bandwagons, ranked by us. We asked our kids, by the way, you know, no, all six of them. We ranked like, it, just the two of us. Actually, a, it was just me. It was a blind <laughs> test to see um, controlled. We'll link it below, um, our episode on bandwagons, what mm. they are and why you shouldn't jump on them or should think twice about jumping <laughs> on them. Um, in light of the Catechism of the Catholic Church is a really excellent yeah, episode. It turned out really well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so check that one out. Um, we're going to do an episode today on kind of how to become a stable adult in the Catholic church. And then we're going to do an episode on why stability is important Mm. in the Catholic church. And it is way more important than I think. I mean, we don't even give it a thought. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, This is the how to coming from a couple of experts here. We never swing like pendulums ever. No, obviously the reason that we talk about, okay. And the reason these things are on our mind is because, (laughs) you know, we're always, we're always thinking through and trying and analyzing things that we do, things that we've struggled with. And I, I certainly get this. Uh, I think the, the modern media age that we live in has certainly exacerbated these tendencies. Like it was, we've always had a tendency as humans to to, because we're affective beings, right? We're affected by things on an emotional level. Um, and so it's always been part of our lot in life that we we, we are attracted here or we're afraid there. Mm-hmm. And we are often people who are just moved back and forth without thinking but between, you know, what our passions are driving us towards or away from. Mm-hmm. Um, but also uh, then the world, the flesh and the devil take advantage of that proclivity in us and use it to to yank us back and forth. And again, in the modern age of media, omnipresent uh, media, news, social media, advertisements everywhere, it's only gotten easier to slip into that mode and just be a person who is always kind of at the at the sway of something, you know, something yeah. that's that's yanking your your chains. I think so what has made me think about this yeah. over the last few years is that like I'm really into YouTube because I'm a gardener, I really like to cook, and some of that stuff is just best, best visually on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So I've gotten in, 
uh, whatever. Um, so I've gotten into YouTube <laughs> in the last few years. And I started noticing that a lot of my influencers would be talking about the same things all as like a collective. Mm. Okay. Uh, and it used to be more overt, like they would tag other people and there would be like this chain of people, you know, talking about the same thing, but they would be doing it openly and intentionally. And then I'm just like, is every single person I follow on YouTube from like cooking show to homeschooling, all of a sudden talking about grocery shortages and how to stock up your pantry? Or is someone on the back end of this bringing it forward? You know what I mean? Are they saying like, you'll get the most trend? What is trending right now is talking about stocking up your pantry because of the food shortages or because of meat shortages or what you're going to do. It's the most clicked thing. And then I was like, well, that kind of stinks because if there wasn't a shortage, we're certainly creating a shortage because everybody is talking about stocking up your pantry, right? So this was just kind of in my head a little bit, maybe for the last couple of years. And then I started noticing recently that a particular trend or a particular um, like thing within the Catholic church, particularly among Catholic women over the last maybe 10 years was all of a sudden being supplanted in the last six months by the total opposite. And I'm not going to be get, get specific about this because it's like uncomfortable and I don't have it fully formed, mm -hmm. but it was like all of a sudden, so many Catholic women started talking about this one thing that was a complete 180 degrees of what they were talking about last year, like maybe in the last six months. And so then I'm seeing, I'm seeing kind of like the fallout then among real people in my real life, changing up what they do to, because I'm assuming they're seeing it somewhere. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then I started thinking like, well, are we going to throw out all of this stability that we have kind of worked towards, you know, as Catholic women for all of a sudden this trend that is just like, I've seen women do in the last six months. Um, and I know I'm being really esoteric, but I don't want to say it because I don't have it fully formed yet. Well, but it, what it yeah. made me think about is like, how do we guard stability? Because what I started noticing was that this particular trend, like John Mark and I had talked about practicals in our life and how we were going to live practicals in our life. And we were at peace. But then I'm seeing all these trusted Catholic women start talking about this. And then I started second guessing the decisions that my husband and I made together about our particular life and saying like, well, these women can't be wrong. So I must be wrong and I need to change with the times. Mm -hmm. And maybe I do. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe but the, the very fact that like I'm starting to second guess my relationship and our decisions made in my marriage, which is really only the place where my decisions should be made because of the new trend that has come in. Yeah. And there's a couple aspects, right? There's one is just the, the, the proclivity of, of human beings, all of us, and we all have areas in our life where we're weak on this, where we tend, to, we, we feel before we think, right? We we have we're emotionally affected and drawn to something or or you know pushed away from something and then our reason comes in and we try to make sense out of it so that's one issue that we all wrestle with in some areas of our life but another aspect and this is why we we're thinking about pendulums today that's mm -hmm. our metaphor <laughs> it was bandwagons at one time today it's pendulums because one of the effects of that too is that we then tend to get this swinging effect in our mm -hmm. lives and and it's more exaggerated to the degree that we allow ourselves to mm -hmm. be 
to be uh, people who uh, who are too moved by passion without reason. And again, we're going to get into the virtue stuff, but broadly speaking, the, the virtues describe the person who is mature, who who thinks first, who interprets their emotions before they react, before they before they move. They don't. Their thinking isn't driven by their feeling. Their acting isn't driven by their feeling. They're they're reasonable people first. They they turn to truth. And it's not that they don't feel, mm -hmm. but that those feelings are data, but they're not driving the thought or the, the action. Yeah. I think part yeah. of the pendulum thing, especially among Christians, is that we're, we're, let's be more specific Catholics, is that we're always looking for a list, right? We're looking for the list of things that will keep us away from sin, right? And that will keep us on the right track. We're looking for the list of mortal sins. We're looking for the list of ways that demons can enter into our life. We're looking for the concrete list of what parenting methods are right. right. We We're looking easy, for the easy list, the simple distilled, oversimplified. Well, and, and what the Jews had, right? What the Jews had at just the time of the Jesus, which is the, like, we are yeah. going to have rules around rules around rules. And if I just follow all these rules, the sin can never get into my heart. Mm. But then Jesus comes and tells us that it is already in your heart. <laughs> Right? It's right. already in your heart and that he doesn't want that for us. He wants fully a fully free person who mm -hmm. is full of peace. Yeah. And so what the, the church does give us a list. The church does give us a list and it's the list of virtues mm -hmm. because virtues are not a list of thou shall and thou shall not. You know, we, okay, sorry. I'm, I'm ignoring the 10 commandments because they're the elephant in the room and we all know them. But like, the virtues are the, is the list of the habits that make you an adult, that make you a powerful person in your community, in your parish, and in the church. Because, you know, we all have that person who we're like, how, how are they such, they always have the right thing to say. Like that person is just there, they're, you know, I'd love to have that person as my spiritual director because they always just have the right thing to say. Like, how do you get to be that person? And the way that you get to be that person is that you grow in the habits of virtue. Yeah, I want to back up for a moment with the, the list thing. Like, why are we attracted to lists? You know, like, why do we like listicles? Five five things you can do, 10 things you can do. Yeah. Five this. Well, there's a reason throughout all of human history, and you brought up some biblical examples. There's a reason why we're attracted to that. Again, note, note the word there. We're attracted to that. Mm -hmm. Like we have an attraction. It's not necessarily that this list, this list is right. It's from the church. It's from scripture. It's that, oh, it's a list, right? There's something in us that's attracted to that. And one of the things that we tend to, again, this, this pendulum that we all, uh, one that we all commonly experience is having a, a swing towards being very motivated and, oh, just give me the list. Give me the self-help book. I'll, I'll do it all. I'm going to be, I'm going to be disciplined. I'm going to clean out my house. I'm going to mm -hmm. do all the things. And then ultimately crashing and burning and swinging back in the direction of, mm -hmm. you know what, actually I'm going to watch Netflix and order chicken wings all night long. Which is what we right? will do tonight. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, to, to, use, to use a crass <laughs> phrase here, like kind of the, the binge purge cycle, mm -hmm. right? Like there's a reason why humans f swing between these things and I've, and it's because we are always wrestling with being people who are driven by our passions mm -hmm. um, to the degree that we're we're driven by our passions. We're, we're to use the old Greek metaphor. Um, we're we're a charioteer on their chariot, whose horses are completely determining where the chariot goes. He's lost control. He's not even holding the reins. He's just holding on for dear life. And the horses are running here to the apples, and they're running away because you know a, a noise was made. Um, 
and we get this pendulum swinging because we we the, our emotions tend to swing between uh, they swing too much in one direction and then it causes turmoil in our lives and then our passions push us in the other direction. And so we get really disciplined and then we get really lax. We get really, uh, you know, there's a reason why after the new year, you know, every year that suddenly gym memberships rise because everybody gets really excited and really motivated and then it swings back in the other direction. And one of the, the one of the ways this hits really close to home for us as Catholics is um, we, we don't, we're not swinging between good and evil things. It's not that simple. We're swinging between often between good things, right? Think in throughout Christian history, as we've swung between really legalistic, you know, focus on the rules to really, you know, really liberty, uh, freedom, virtue oriented type stuff, or the swing between, uh, in church history, between really focused on the spiritual side of human beings and the physical, we tend to get these swings in theology. We get, tend to get these swings in philosophy. Um, but they all come back down to this basic root cause in the human person that if we're allowing ourselves, our thinking, our acting, our decision-making, what we're focusing our attention on to be driven by our passions, then it's going to be attracted here. And then it's going to overcorrect over here. And then it's going to go back and forth and back and forth in all kinds of areas of our lives. Yeah. And lists, lists specifically hmm. also absolve you of responsibility, absolve you of adulting. You know, like if my, if my checklist for parenting was, this is what CPS wants to see in <laughs> order to not take children away. Or this is what a daycare sets as a list of how the children are cared for in a day. Mm -hmm. And as long as I check those boxes, then that means I'm a good parent, mm -hmm. you know, or this is what my husband, this is my husband care list for the day. Mm -hmm. And as long as I'm checking those boxes, I've checked them all. We're good. Right. And it's like, but that, like, obviously that's missing something, right? You would right. look at those lists and you'd be like, well, that's a little silly. Well, and again, in the, in, in you, the, the words that you used in there, again, the thinking there is driven by fear and desire, right? In so many areas of our life, what we choose to think on or focus mm -hmm. on or how little or how much, whatever, it, you, if you trace it back, it's not because you know, I'm thinking reasonably and objectively about, about what the right thing to do is mm -hmm. here. Oftentimes our reason for thinking about it in the first place is because we're afraid of something mm -hmm. or there's something that we're craving that we want. Or or even that there's something that we're hiding from ourselves that we know is the problem. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, it's not, <laughs> it's not my inability to forgive my family. It's because I didn't know about this Marian apparition. Mm -hmm. And I'm a Marian apparition person. Like my master's degree was in Marian apparitions. It wasn't, it was a history, it was a history degree focusing yeah. on Marian apparitions. But it's like if you're if you're ignoring you know, the real ways that like sin has attached inside of you. Um, but you're, you're checking off the cleaning list because you're a good wife, you know, or you're checking off the Marian apparition. Well, I, I shouldn't use that one because you still get grace, right? <laughs> Even if you're checking the boxes when you're doing sacramentals. Yeah. God, as C.S. Lewis says, God always uh, gives us credit. I'm, uh, for our, be our, our, the, our better intentions, you know, even if our, our motives are mixed, something like that, he says, Yeah, you know. So I, we're given lots of, of kind of so messy how, examples here. But again, the, yeah. the point is here is that this is just a common pattern in human beings, pendulum swinging, you know, and getting on this bandwagon and then jumping over on this bandwagon. We see it in society. We certainly, we think we see it in other people, but we, you know, we recognize it in ourselves. Like we all have areas of our life where we've done this. We've gotten on board with 
we've gotten scared and so gotten moving in this direction and then we've craved something and so we're moving over in this direction we see these in the trends you know on mm -hmm. social media all the time you know there's a people get really into this and then they get really into that yeah. so i guess the question is how do i stop myself yeah. from swinging the next time all of the trusted catholic influencers tell me what the next big thing is what the next book is what the next huge revelation is yeah so how, what's my, how do I, how do I act virtuously there? Yes. Well, yeah, the answer, the answer is virtue. Um, but it's not, and it's not just, again, waiting for part of the way that we can get waylaid here is just to think of this as an external thing. Like, oh, I'm, I'm above, like we all think that we're above advertising, right? But we, we're, we're mm -hmm. not always noticing the, the fact that we're just in a sea of things. And it's not just whether or not I see an advertisement and I go out and buy something. It's that even my negative reaction to it is driving, you know, uh, my, mm. my thinking or my oh, identity, wow. right? So the yeah. point is, is that we want to get off that whole train altogether, right? Our our basic lot in life as humanity is people who have this concupiscent tendency to be people who are driven by our passions, fear uh, and desire. They're just pulling us around all the time. And the more that we allow that to happen, even subconsciously, just allow ourselves to just be part of those trains swinging back and forth, is we become more of those kinds of people. That's what vice means. It means we've made a habit of just being a people who just let our fears run away with us, let our desires run away from us, and our, our reason just comes along for the ride, right? The opposite of that is the picture of the virtuous person. Um, and and there's we've talked you know through the virtues before, but prudence, there's a reason too why prudence is the, called the charioteer of the virtues, to, again, to build on that metaphor. Because the first step has to be this turning, this conversion, stepping aside from your passions and saying, no, I want to know what's true and real. And I want to act in accord with that first. Even so that we call decision. prudence, our little, our little definition yeah. is that prudence is the right response to reality. Right. So reality comes first, you turn towards reality, and then you make the right response to that reality. Mm -hmm. Sorry, just to throw out prudence there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oftentimes what we are really convicted by, you know, in the moment, right? Again, if we trace it back, we recognize that it, it's based in our fear, it's based in our desire. But the, but we haven't really along the way stopped to ask, yeah, but is this, is this true? And is this the right thing for right now? Well, sometimes you know? I don't think it's just fear, okay? Because, because, like sometimes I think the pendulum swinging is that I don't want to live my own life because it's hard. And I guess that is fear, but it's not just like, I'm afraid I'm going to hell. Mm -hmm. I'm afraid I'm whatever. I'm afraid I've already lost, you know, yeah. or we've yeah. gone too far without talking about this thing or whatever. Yeah. It's like, I just want to live in this fake virtual world where I have all the head knowledge because I've been informed in all the head knowledge, but I want I just want to live in the head knowledge. I don't mm -hmm. want to live in the actual, my body has to physically manage this household and, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, love these kids when I don't want to and plant yeah. the garden. Oh, I always want to plant the garden, but, you know, <laughs> let's think of something else I don't like to do. Everything. No. <laughs> well, you know, there's a basic, there's a really basic Make pendulum the swing Ugh. at the, at the, the very bottom <laughs> of our humanity, you know, we, and it's between pride and sloth. We think we've talked about those two before, mm -hmm. but think about what pride is. Pride is this, this disordered, inordinate self-love, right? Loving yourself apart from 
who God is and who you are and who he made you to be, but this sort of detached egoistic self-love. Well, the, the pride as self-love is the yin to the yang that is self-loathing, right? You think about that, that, that pendulum that swings in our hearts when we are, um, when we're, when we're mired in sin, right? There's this self-love that, that wants to be myself apart from God and actualize myself and do things my own way and do things on my own. But then it also always swings back in the direction of, and then I just don't even want to care. I don't want to keep doing this. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have oblivion. Like I, I, I want to get drunk and turn on Netflix. I just, I want to stop having to think and care about all this stuff. Yeah. Well, I think that we had Simone Riscala on to talk about leisure, yeah. Joseph Pieper's book on leisure. Leisure, the basis of, of culture. culture yeah. um, and but I mean, the, the point he makes in the book is that we don't get what leisure is. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't get what the liturgical life of the church means. You know, we may see the Sabbath and we think like, can't do any laundry this day. Can't do this. Can't do this. You know, we just have to like have all of our food already. Co- like, and these, these thoughts go through my head. Mm-hmm. Like, should I even be washing the poopy thing that somebody just pooped in or should, can I l- save this for tomorrow? Yeah. You know, like, but what is like, what is the leisure of the Sabbath that God grants us once a week? Mm-hmm for us. Like it's for us. It's for us to learn and to grow in, you know, and then we have leisure times within the Catholic church. Like right now we're in the octave of Easter and this is all leisure. You know, usually we abstain from meat on Fridays as a penance because it's it's an easy penance to remember to do every Friday, you know? Um, but it's like, I'm really excited to make a meat meal on this Friday because it's, it's Easter. It's the big Easter. It's the, you know, It's the Easter, (laughs) you know? And so this Friday, instead of saying like, oh, I think about how many graces I could possibly earn if I just gave up meat on this Friday within the octave of Easter, no way. You know, like this is our, this is our celebration time, you know? Um, And if I don't, if there's, you know, you say um, sometimes to our kids, like if they don't have a reason to play the game, the game of life, like they're just not going to play it. Right. We need to. Right. So like the kids have to have things to look forward to other than just like this big, like your education or your future. Cause like a little seven-year-old doesn't know what that means maybe. Um, But it's like, you have to have a reason to play the game. So if you're leisuring badly, if you're leisuring scrolling Instagram or YouTube, and I mean, I'm pointing fingers at me too, like then, yeah, what's the point? What's the point of this game you're playing? You know, if you're serving your family because the new trend is to just be a better wife because you weren't thinking about being a better wife before. Or in like, a certain way. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, way, looking it's way. like, what are, what are we actually doing here? Hmm. Like, are we actually serving our families or is it just like the cool thing to do now in Catholic circles is to serve your family, right. you know, or am I at, like... I don't know what I'm trying to get at. Like, maybe we just don't do leisure well. We don't have a reason to play the game. Mm-hmm. And so we're just waiting for the next trend to make me feel yeah. bad about the way I was previously living so that I can feel good about the way I'm living now. Yeah. And so I've swung this way on the pendulum because it makes me feel Precisely. good. And the next time I'm going to stop feeling good here. And so I need the new pendulum swing to swing me over here so I feel good again, like I'm yeah. moving again. Yeah, if we're not you know? careful with it, yeah, both our feasting and our fasting can be... Uh, I won't say that they're useless, but they can often, let's call them rendered spiritually inert or fruitless because we, rather than make them, making them intentional choices, you know, the right thing 
for the right reason at the right time, we tend to, again, in this area, as in every other area of life, we tend to be a pendulum and we swing to things according to, again, our passions, right? So, you know, things aren't going great in my life. So I double down on the spiritual life because I'm afraid. I feel it, feel it slipping. Mm-hmm. So, but again, fear is, is driving it. Or I work really hard because I, at those times, I feel like working really hard. I, I stay late at the office. I work extra hours because I feel like working, you know, well then I, you know, uh, I uh, I Netflix and chill when I feel like it. That's a, a Th- different thing than you think it is. I know. I know. <laughs> or is it? No. <laughs> but again, the, the the feasting and fasting the church calls us to precisely tries to help us get off that pendulum, right? Mm-hmm. Where I don't work when I feel like working. I work when it is time to work. Mm-hmm. I fast not when I feel like spiritually excited. Oh, I'm going to do this thing. I'm I'm so intense. I'm going to do it even above and beyond what the church tells me to. Not like those pansy Catholics out there. No, <laughs> no, I do. I do it when it's time for it, and I and I do it in a, in a in a in a in a modest and reasonable way. And when it's time to feast, I feast. Right. I don't I don't just eat a bunch when I feel like eating a bunch. No, I enjoy a good meal as a gift from God when it is time to feast. So the point is is that those we can do the, both those kinds of things in, in the spiritual life, the feasting and the fasting at precisely the opposite times for the mm-hmm. opposite reasons. Yeah. We can do them for egoistic reasons to just because I'm I'm afraid or I I desire this, this is what I'm excited about right now. But the church invites us to step off of that and say no 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 no. no. This is about God's will. This is about doing what is right, the right and just thing at the right time. You know, so there's a time to fast and you embrace it as a gift to God. And there's a time to feast and to receive it as a gift from God. Mm -hmm. And you want to do the right thing at the right time for the right reason. Yeah. Having this two-year cycle of like uh, not being pregnant, being pregnant, I mean, even within the pregnancy, there's like first trimester issues, second trimester, like golden period, third trimester, like you just give up, you know, and then you're in the postpartum period and then, you know, you're breastfeeding, like just these, these two year cycles that we've had six times have really been this built in learning how to rest, you know, learning how to be present in the stage I'm in, even though you're preparing for the next stage to come, but it's like you're, you're being present in the stage you're in and with the capabilities that you have. And I've been thinking a lot too about like, as we see our parents, not just specifically our parents. So if you're our parent watching this, sorry, we're not (laughs) just talking about you, but like, as we see our generations now, parents getting older and infirm and having issues with even with mobility, you know, realizing that I will be there someday. And even though like, it's important to me to be like on my knees kneeling, there might be a time when that's not possible for me. And I'm going to have to suck it up and say, this is the time of life that I'm in, Mm -hmm. you know, or I might be confined to a bed and I'm going to have to be like, well, this is the time of life I'm in. You know, it would be great to be a young spry kid, you know, kneeling on your, on your knees, going up the Santa Scala in Rome would be great, but I'm not there now, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, that that's actually a really good example that like when we we are we get the pulse of something weird going on in our in our lives whenever when we previously we were kind of spoiled Catholics like we went to, we went to college in St. Thomas More Parish there at uh, in Bowling Green and we had it was a good thing we had access to the sacraments all the time and evening prayer adoration, and adoration was almost chapel, every day awesome. But Confession then you, every day. Then we got married and suddenly we had much more constraints on our life. 
And it wasn't that those things weren't good and awesome things. They really were. But then suddenly you realize, oh, but they also, <laughs> I was also doing what I felt like doing all the all time. All the time, yeah. And now I actually have to, in obedience to God, mm -hmm. I have to make different choices that go against my, the, the movements of my passion. So it was an opportunity for growth. Mm -hmm. And we encounter this still, you know, throughout our lives that whenever you, you reach a point where you, you, you encounter a moment, this, this fork in the road, these biblical two ways that, that God gives us of where what I feel like doing now um, conflicts with what I, I know to be the right thing. If I'm thinking reasonably and honestly about it, then that's a really that's a moment of real growth because you're stepping off your you're distancing yourself from the previous version of yourself that was just addicted to swinging in the pendulum of your of your um, of your passion. Now you've become a more free person. You've become a person that uh, that stays attentive to God and discerning truth and reality and right action, regardless of how you, mm -hmm. how you feel and. Now, the other end of that, again, the, the trajectory of the virtuous life is that more and more your passions are brought into line with, with reason so that, you know, that your heart is right there with your head oriented toward the right thing. But it's those moments of winnowing, you know, where we, we, we as the charioteer got to bring those horses in line with what's yeah. true. Well, we, but also God um, begins to take the sucker out of your mouth at times, <laughs> you know, and he begins to take them away from you. The, I mean, sacramentals, daily mass, you know, you name your it as a married person. Your will. Yeah. Yeah. Like God begins to take those things away, even good things, even very, very good things, because God sees your heart. And if you like have this absolute one parenting strategy that is the end all be all, and it's perfectly theologically correct, God may say to you, Here's a NICU baby, right? Here's the NICU baby. Here's a C-section and then a long, horrible, awful recovery, you know? And he's doing it for, I mean, you can learn from it. You can go back to your, your you know, ideal. But I think sometimes what needs to be taken away, what God starts to take away from you is um your your desire your passionate desire to care about that one thing and then eventually when that caring goes away you can make the free not fearful like in free and to, like with the what do i always say with the full i don't know with the, like the full weight of your freedom you can then add that thing back in and it's now ordered Whereas before, maybe you you had this thing that yeah. you were absolutely positively going to do because you were afraid of the consequences of not doing it. I'm terrified that if I don't choose this parenting method, my child will never recognize the Holy Spirit and what they'll end up being... What would well, friends think? Or I mean, like, I look? you're afraid. You know? And then God, I mean, truly through marriage, like God shows you that he is present in your sacrament. This isn't like a fun thing to say that like God is the, th the third person in our marriage. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like he really truly is there and he is the most active person in your marriage. Mm -hmm. And actually we're going to have an episode coming up about marriage, a little more, more about marriage. <laughs> we're kind of talking about it, but like, um, I don't know what got Teresa well, off on I that tangent. Back, I want to go back to the example of the Sabbath day because it's just a, such a helpful one. Like we get to the Sabbath. If you're, if you're trying to take Sunday seriously, 
right? You get to Sunday and sometimes you get to Sunday and you have this burning desire to keep working, right? Right. You, you yeah. <laughs> want to just keep working. And it's this moment of this act of faith, like God, ugh, okay, I'll trust you and I'll stop working and I'll do the Sabbath day. Sometimes we get to the, the, the Sunday and we're afraid. Like if I don't keep working, if I don't just squeeze every little drop of work out of this Sunday, what if I don't get everything done? And it's this moment of real faith saying, but I'm not going to be a person who makes decisions based on my fear or my desire. God has commanded me to to make the Sabbath holy. And so I'm going, I'm, I'm going to let go in ways that I can't see how this is going to work out. I mean, it's, it's a real moment of faith, but it's also this moment of real growth and virtue because you're, you're getting off the train of a person who swings between your fear and your desire. You say, I'm not going to be the kind of person who makes decisions or, or even allows the, the train of my thought to be determined by those things. Mm-hmm. I'm going to turn, uh, yeah, I'm going to turn to truth and reality and the, the real responsibilities that God's God's given me. Yeah. And we've mentioned this a few times before, like I'm not the only people, but like if you ask yourself, what am I afraid of Hmm. in the moment when you're trying to make a decision, like that's really beneficial. Like on the Sabbath day, like, should I really load and unload the dishwasher? Like, what am I afraid? Or or if I go, I see something that needs to be done. Like I'm a mom, like Mm -hmm. Sabbaths are different. Okay. Because food still needs to be cooked. And true, if if we meet a, a family at church mm-hmm. and we're like, yeah, why don't you come on over? You know, we're going to ha- like, let's have some ice cream or something mm-hmm. like that. Like that will then mean that I have yeah. to put something together, right? So and, we yeah. don't want to limit hospitality either on the Sabbath. But if I ask myself, what am I afraid of? Am I afraid that God is going to punish me for cooking to open my home for hospitality for these people and yeah. for my children to enjoy another, uh, you know, other Catholic kids over on this day and for us to build a relationship. No, I don't think God's going to punish me for that. So the, what am I afraid of? Stepping back from the pendulum and becoming a person who is able to remain stable. That's, that's part of our, that's our ability to discern in those kinds of situations. Like how, how do I bring about the best good in the situation? We can't do that if we're a person who, who can't, have any space between ourselves and our desires and our fears. We're just kind of caught up in them. And you brought up a couple of things you, you mentioned in passing, like things like parenting questions or, or cleaning questions. Those are both areas where I can really see, you know, the pendulum, how it's swung in my life from time to time. I've had times in our family life where I see the messiness of our family household and I'm afraid. And I'm just like, oh man, we, we got to, cl- we got, I don't want to be that family, right? I don't want to be that family. And so I get really into cleaning and really into the family system of cleaning. And it's not that cleaning is bad. It's not that wanting to have a clean house is not bad. Or needing to manage children in a but, system. But it <laughs> can't it be driven by my fear mm-hmm. or my desire to look a certain way, right? Otherwise I just, I swing back and forth. Mm-hmm. Parenting too, right? Like we can get into a certain method of parenting or a certain emphasis or focus, you know, more, more discipline, more strict or more lax just because of the people that we're hearing and the fears and desires they're instilling in us. Oh, this person, you know, said that I'm, I, you know, like if I don't do X, Y, and Z, my kid's going to end up on the Jerry Springer show. So now I'm all afraid. And so I'm parenting extra hard. Well, hey, this person Jerry says- Jerry Springer like just ran for governor. <laughs> It's, maybe it's not, maybe it's not a bad show anymore. You know, or, know. or this person makes me feel bad that maybe I'm, I'm, I'm ruining my child because I'm being too hard on him and I'm, you know, giving all this emotional damage. So now I'm being super well, nice and super Oz. gentle. Sorry. The Sorry. point is, is that my ability and my responsibility as a parent, as a mature Christian, trying to be a mature Christian, to navigate through all these opinions 
and remain stable and make good decisions depends on whether I'm practicing in all areas of my life, not being a person who is unduly swayed by my fears and my desires. Because otherwise, they're just I'm just going to swing back and forth according to who can just prick my fear just right mm -hmm. or prick my desire well, just so right. Well, so when you're feeling that fear, okay, so we gave one practical, which is ask what I'm afraid of and like name it, mm. right? And ask Jesus to cast it from us. But like, what is, what's the next step, mm. right? How do you, when you recognize that you're swinging, yeah. I mean, pausing is a great step, right? Bringing yeah. yourself back to reality. It's a great rec step. Recognizing your fears and desires, naming them, sort of getting a sense for them. That's part of, of growing in the virtue of prudence because you're becoming, you're getting this little bit of liminal space between, you know, stimulus and response, right? You start to notice the feelings that you're having before you act on them. And you get better at, you know, having feelings, having reactions, but pausing to make a decision on how to respond. Mm -hmm. That's just, I mean, mm -hmm. you can't become good at that in an instant and we're all practicing it in all areas of our life. But the more that we're aware of it, the more that we can make it a conscious choice. I'm having, you know, a reaction to this. I'm getting scared or I'm, ooh, I'm craving something. Pausing and and turning to truth and, and making decisions about it. I mean, again, the, the, the structure of the virtues give us, you know, what that looks like, prudence, justice, courage, and temperance. But prudence is always this first step of becoming the kind of person who is a, a doer rather than a reactor, a thinker, a, a reasoner rather than a, a rationalizer. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's no way to, to do that except to do it. You just have to practice mm -hmm. doing it. Um, but some practicals for becoming like that, again, you give some kind of noticing, becoming better at noticing and identifying fears and desires. I think a daily exam is really good in that because mm -hmm. we often focus and obsess over and kind of ruminate over our sins, but we don't do enough of kind of the, the, the postmortem on our sins of looking back and saying, yeah, what led up to that though? Mm. Yeah, yeah. I yelled at my kids, but like, what were all the fears and desires swirling in me that I let get mm -hmm. completely out of control that led all the way up to snapping and yelling at my kids? Yeah. Like this morning you were just woke up late and you were just kind of sleepy. <laughs> yeah. And I'm the whole morning I was just like, I've already done something to make him mad. And like, that's what I was ruminating on in my head the whole morning. And it made a crappy morning. And it, I finally realized it before you left for work and I apologize for it. But I was just like, I just kept thinking I was already the problem and I had already ruined our day and we're going to come record today. And like, we're not happy with each other. And the reality was like, it probably had nothing to do with me or only had something to do with me because I was like, thinking about it. Yeah. Some people are, t are pendulums temperamentally. <laughs> they swing slowly. Some are like ticking on a clock, you know, ticking just, just, just is that, fear, is desire, fear, desire, fear, desire. Is that me? <laughs> That's you. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I was going to say about, um, oh, it's an example of <laughs> that we all. It's really true. <laughs> do a separate episode. We'll just dig real deep into that one. Yeah. ENFJ, right? But I was, was going to, you know, like, I think one that we've all, we've all dealt with at some point in our life is um, like anger and, and needing to be people who practice like noticing when we're getting angry and mm -hmm. pausing there. I mean, like, again, you watch the kids shows and they're teaching, Mr. Rogers is teaching you your kid this and you're like, yeah, that's a pretty good advice, right? <laughs> yeah. Like when you start to get, uh, what is it? When you feel so mad that you're going to roar, this is Daniel, Daniel Tiger. Tiger, but it's the same thing. You need yeah. to take a deep breath and count to four and you're like, oh, that's, that's kind of silly and simple, but you're like, no, that's, that's real. Like you notice you're having an emotional reaction 
and you pause to give yourself some space to not just get carried away with it, but to decide how you're going to respond to it. Mm -hmm. And it's, that's an example. It's a simple thing, but it's a really helpful thing. Like pause for a moment, take a breath and then begin to decide how to react to this. Mm -hmm. And and sometimes just giving yourself the space to remember again, what's real. Like in the moment, I'm really afraid of this, but you step back and remember, wait, God's in control. Like he's got this, his grace is enough. Ultimately he's going to work everything out. Okay. So in light of all that, okay, what's the right response to this? Oh, you know what? I actually don't need to do anything about this. It's fine. I can go on with my life. But that practice of noticing how you're feeling and taking a pause and then beginning to think intentionally and decide intentionally. That's mm-hmm. that's part of the, just this. We have to practice it everywhere in our lives. Well, so because we started this episode talking about social media and trends and things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's, so if we're not talking about kids in your home, <laughs> I think it's a good idea to let the thought experiment run in your head. Like, is this trending? Like if I go to every website and everybody is talking about this one thing mm-hmm. in this area, maybe people are all making a really, really big deal out of things because it's what gets clicks right now. You know, and if I were, if, if for some reason I just had no access to the internet for an entire month, would I even know this thing happened? This thing existed or this trend was happening? Yeah. Probably not. (laughs) And, and what would that look like if I didn't know that this trend was existing? Well, I would get up in the morning and I'd make decisions based on my reality, yeah. right? And keeping I, that larger context <laughs> in mind is helpful. Yeah. I mean, another one I think is, is um, I forget what the other one was. Let me read a, this quote from G.K. Chesterton. Maybe it'll bring it back to my mind. Okay. Okay. He writes in Orthodoxy, it is always simple to fall. There are an infinity of angles at which one falls, only one at which one stands. To have fallen into any one of the fads from Gnosticism to Christian science would indeed have been obvious and tame. But to have avoided them all has been one of one whirling adventure. And in my vision, the heavenly chariot flies thundering through the ages, the, um, the dull heresies sprawling and prostrate, the wild truth reeling but erect. That's a complicated quote there. But he's talking about fads. He's talking about how the, the norm, the default is to be carried about mm-hmm. by every new fad in the church or in society and how boring that is. The real adventure, and this is, I mean, he's giving a portrait of of sanctity, of holiness, of being a saint, is the person who, again, is not of the times, but of the eternities. The person who doesn't, the person in the church that doesn't change according to the Mm -hmm. times and the fads and the emotions, but who has their eyes on heaven and is stable, Mm -hmm. moving towards God. You know, something I've realized in my own life is that the people who take a stand when whatever the hell is going on, Okay, whatever it is. And the people who come out and take a stand, as I continue to live my life, those people are people that I start to to lose a little bit of trust for. And, I, and I'm not talking about, don't try to pin this on any one person because I'm actually only thinking about people in my life and not like on TV or whatever. But when I when I notice that people address something that's, a, that's like occurred letter. immediately and they're like, we all need to take a stand... I automatically think to myself, I don't a hundred percent think I can trust that person's judgment. And maybe it's just being a historian because like, I don't even know how journalists do it and like have to pump out articles every single day because I want to make sure that my big thesis is vetted 
and edited and everything in it is sound and perfect. Mm -hmm. But like the, the idea that like we're all, there's always something that we're looking for to take a stand for or against, like it, it, like it erodes my trust in those people. And I usually never go to those people for guidance. I find, I find the person who's been a steady, stable pillar of orthodoxy. And I'm like, Hey, what's your opinion? you know, on this particular, what should I do in it, this particular situation? It sounds weird to say to our ears, right? To, 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 to question the person, like, obviously, isn't the person taking a stand? Isn't that person right? But like, again, uh, open letters are a dime a dozen nowadays, you know, wanting, you know, calls to cancel X, Y, and Z, or, you know, people who are making a big stink on social media about, you know, the, the, the figure, the secular figure, the church figure, they don't like, they're a dime a dozen. Um, we take stands really, really easily. Like we make big public deals about things really, really easily. And again, it's not that there isn't a time and place to put your foot down and stand still. But again, once again, the pendulum, mm-hmm. right? We are silent when we ought to speak up and we are loud mouths in our society at times. Then we should just shut up and wait and see what happens once again, because we're people of the pendulum, mm-hmm. right? There is a, there's a time for both of those things, but only the virtuous person can discern those times. And because we are collectively, we're just not virtuous. We tend to always want to speak when we should wait and be patient and pray uh, and, and be, and be silent. Mm-hmm. And we're always, uh, and we and then when the time comes, when we really, this is the moment I've been given that open door. This is the right time and the right place, the right person. This is when God has called me to speak up and take a stand. We're not ready for it. Why? Because we're people love the pendulum. Mm-hmm. We gotta get off the pendulum. We have to practice be, being people who who are not carried about by our emotions, but who are making decisions. What's the right thing in the right time and the right way for mm-hmm. us to do? I think another another suggestion, maybe, because we should probably end this episode. Yes. Our next because it's the right episode. Time. It's the, the right, right time. Way. Our next episode will be on stability. <laughs> um, I think another suggestion is just to learn history, mm-hmm. learn the history of the church, learn the heresies learn the opposing vices to the virtues. Mm. Um, because then, because virtues sometimes can sound like, sometimes like a magic charm. Like you'll just yeah. get more prudent. You'll just get more justice E in you, <laughs> judicial, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but then like when you hear the vices, you're like, oh yeah, I can see how, I can see what that opposing vice makes that virtue, you know, and similarly to heresies, there are a lot of heresies floating around on YouTube. (laughs) You know, we probably say them in our show too. So it's important to, well, not intentionally, um, but it's important to know where people have erred in the past Mm -hmm. enough that the church had to step in and say, no, that this is reality. So anyway, our next episode will be on, so why we don't want to be a pendulum. We want to be stable. So why does stability matter? It really, really matters. Yeah, we're going to move from so. talking about the from the individual, talking more about the family and the the particular one of the particular contributions of the family to the church is is place and stability and continuity. Uh, that's that's kind of what the what the lady of the church, what the family coalesces into, is that that tradition, that census fidelium, you know, of the church. And we'll talk more about that in a bit. Uh, thanks for joining us for this episode of Elevate Ordinary, this messy. Oh, it's always messy, right? Yeah, messy always. Actually, always messy. I've learned a hack. Um, you have to get through the first 15 minutes of our 
podcast before we actually get good. So <laughs> there's a little life hack for you. Yeah. But th thanks again for joining us for it. Again, you can check out elevateordinary.com for uh, more information and for, you know, archives of the show. We'd love to know what you think. Check us out on social media. We'll be back again next week for more extraordinary conversations about the ordinary pursuit of truth, goodness, and beauty. See you then.